0: Hello, and welcome to the Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast. I am your host, R.T. Fleming. I'm here to help you find your next digital pick from the golden age to the present. Since I was a kid, I have been reading comics and I have never lost my love of comic books. I try to pass on that excitement for comic books to others, always looking for that next fantastic read or discovering an old favorite. Hello, I'd like to welcome back Billy Dunlavy to the Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast. We're going to talk about Justice League 154 from 1978. But before that, Billy, why don't you tell the uh, new listeners what you actually do around here?
1: Well, thanks for having me back on, Ron. I appreciate it. I uh, podcast. I used to do a lot of blogging and some writing for some websites years ago, but I've pretty much just retired into the podcasting realm because, as you know, that takes up a lot of time. (laughs) <laughs> yes yes it does <laughs> so that's pretty much all i do now i do a, a world on fire an all-star squadron podcast and then i have another show called magazines and monsters where i talk about all sorts of comics and then i sprinkle in some uh classic uh sci-fi and horror film discussions as well so that's what i'm up to these days
0: so you are quite the busy person with podcasting but uh oh. Why podcast? I mean, we I know you have a bunch there, but why do you podcast? I mean, it's not to put yourself on a pedestal and go, look, I'm a podcaster. Because, like you said, it's a lot of hard work. But what's your motivation to do a podcast?
1: Well, I get to meet so many fun people. And obviously, this is a, a recording here with you and I. And, you know, we we're, we're, have known each other on Twitter for a while. But it's also fun to get to know people and do a podcast with them as well. And then talk about these awesome comics that we all love to kind of, you know, uh, share the joy got you like uh, and
0: also try to get fans that are into certain runs to go hey we need you to look at this because this is a good one which brings us to Justice League 154 and when I talked to you I was like Billy let's do something on the giant size Justice League which mm-hmm. was a new format for DC at the time it was resulted from Steve Englehart he had jumped from Marvel, where he'd been for several years to DC, and Jeanette Kahn, which was a publisher, another very important person in the DC history, because you need to look at her. Mm-hmm. She did so much great stuff at DC, but she brought Engelhart into Revive and Revitalize the Justice League. He was only going to be around for about a year and go off to England, I think Europe, to write some novels. And he said, and I'm actually quoting him from a blog that I said I, I found, he said, I'm he was going to leave and the Justice League to tell a story. He said, I can't do it in a regular size book. And he said, I need something larger. And he came up with a double size. And DC, DC said, yeah, let's do this. And from there, you had the Justice League as a giant size. You had Legion of Superheroes with giant size for a while. Super Team Family uh, was another one that was uh, giant size. And that was a time when I was just starting comic books. And for me, it was kind of cool because most comic books were $0.35 cents for like 16, 17 page stories. And now you have this giant side, and you had a 30 page plus story. And for a kid who was 10, this was really cool. And now, at the time, uh, Steve Englehart had left after that year, and Jerry Conway started running the just writing into Justice League, which, and I didn't realize this at the time, but Jerry Conway was basically a Justice League writer all the way straight through the end in the late like 1985, 86. So he wrote this all the way through like 255. And I didn't mm-hmm. realize that he had did that. And we were talking about Jerry Conway a few minutes ago before we started. And Jerry Conway is another one of those. Wow. He is an amazing creator. He did so mm-hmm. much, so many things, not just with Justice or Justice League, but he did stuff. He did Firestorm. He ran and did Spider-Man for a while, and just mm-hmm. so many amazing runs. And he doesn't do it anymore. He's actually, I believe, Law and Order now. One of those TV. Yep, he's mm-hmm. in TV for for a long time now. So, Billy, why did you choose Justice League One Fifty Four, which has Justice League roster of the Adam Black Canary, Flash, Green Arrow, Superman, the Batman, who are fighting Doctor Destiny? So, why did you pick this particular comic?
1: Well, I love this villain. Uh, he is one of my favorite villains of all time from DC Comics. I love the notion of, because people got to realize this was, like you said, this was 1978. There was no Nightmare on Elm Street. So, there was no pop culture, you know, television, film, or anything like that of a guy that was, you know, attacking you in your dreams and stuff like that. So, that's what I love. Love the concept.
0: Mo- a lot of people remember. Uh, him later on from the Sandman stuff. But this is a little bit different than what mm-hmm. people might see from the Sandman. Dr. Destiny wasn't used all that much back then. And this also mm-hmm. had his, they also had his origin was this issue. Mm-hmm. And again, like you said, he's uh he he does reality warping powers and creating
1: new realities out of a persons dreams. Literally, his that page where it shows his origin—that's one of my favorite pages in the whole book. I love it.
0: It is, a, you know, it, it's also Dick Dylan's drawing it, and mm. you remember Dick Dylan. Dick Dylan was the great Justice League mm-hmm. artist for the better part of almost oh, yeah. fifteen years, and he—he he, uh, at the time shortly after he died of a heart attack at a mm-hmm. fairly young age. And the person who replaced him, of all people, was George Perez. So, did you read this as a kid, or did you uh, read this? No, this later on. Yeah, this mind?
1: is yeah, this is a later on one for me for sure. Yeah, but oh man, I, and I knew of the character because he had been in pop culture uh, from being on television. You know, he was on the. Television show that was huge. I guess that was what was that late nineties, early two thousands when yes. Bruce Tim yep. and those guys did it. And that's like one of my favorite episodes of that show too. So that's where I knew him from before I read about him in this comic. So as soon as I saw this comic, I'm like, oh, I know that guy, and I bought the comic right on the you know, not, didn't even read it, open it, nothing. I'm like, yep, I want that comic. <laughs> this this
0: comic also stands out because even the cover has a horror vibe to it Mm -hmm. it's not just straight superhero and you open it up and it's a spooky spooky looking dr destiny with the titles i'll kill you in your dreams and the whole dick Mm -hmm. dylan had a very unique style of uh drawing and this is what people refer to as a satellite justice league which in my opinion is one of the better runs of the justice league you had great character arcs you had a lot of changes going on you know red tornado came on Hawkman finally became a member of the Justice League during the satellite run. And as a storyline, everybody has their little bit of uh, day in the sun. You know, he goes through the different characters. You have Superman and Batman, and you talk about the Atom and the Flash. And all these, these characters have their little, you know, nightmare where Dr. Destiny, you know, invades their dreams. And it's actually split up old time where in the silver age, the characters didn't necessarily fight as a group, as a team. They had their own little sub chapters. And with mm-hmm. this issue, it actually, that's exactly what he does. All these characters have their little sub chapter and they're not really together much to fight Dr. Destiny. They're all mm-hmm. kind of like in many chapters, they don't come together until the, like the very last few pages of it, but you're yeah. right that, you know, it's, the last one too. Yeah. The last four pages of it is where the justice league actually comes together and you're right. They have the, uh, you get his origin, which is not until later on the book. And for a justice league story at the time, this is a very different, very unique, very, very cool storyline. And Mm -hmm. Dr. Destiny, I'm sorry, Dr. Destiny actually comes along later on and, becomes more of a prominent character. He becomes more sinister and more evil. But I think the seeds of that more sinister Dr. Destiny is planted in this right here, this particular comic book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for real. Because he goes back to, this, to the Silver Age. His first mm-hmm. appearance is back in Justice League number five.
1: in mm-hmm. the
0: Silver Age. And he's kind of like, up until then, he's kind of like, up, up until this issue, he's kind of like a one-off character. Not much is done with him. And then uh, Jerry Conway and Dick him, well, let's show you what we can do with Dr. Destiny. Let's show you what, how truly evil and dark he can actually be, which again is different from the times because DC didn't do supernatural stuff very often during this, this time of the Bronze Age. It was more of a, a Marvel thing, especially in the Justice League, which I thought was mm-hmm. uh, also unique. So, what else do you want to talk about for this particular
1: Justice League? The giant size. Well, you made mention of the splash page for this comic book, and it is—it's like a, a horror story right here. And when Doctor Destiny's in the book, it is a horror story. But I also did like how Conway, you know, showed some scenes in here, you know, of the Justice Leaguers, you know, out of costume, not being superheroes, just being regular people and doing their jobs. I really like that because there was like an opening for a new hotel and. Uh, Doctor Destiny. That's how he uh, gets the uh, attacks the Justice Leaguers because they're all at the opening for this hotel in one capacity or another. And I do like all the interactions between like Flash and Adam, and you know you had Superman there as Clark Kent and you're Dinah absolut-
0: and Ollie. It's great. You're absolutely right because a lot of the um, they're not in suit they're not in their superhero uniforms Mm-mm. very much throughout the issue. And you're right. There's a <laughs> there's a sequence starting off where Ollie and Dinah are talking together, and this is during the time where. Ollie's got a big chip on his shoulder and he acts very arrogant. During this era, you also get the really connection between Black Canary and Green Arrow of why these two connect, why they're a couple, why they eventually get married and have that deep, deep, you know, connection. And you still get, you know, Superman mm-hmm. in here. You get Bruce Wayne, who's not in costume. He's dream- He's actually in bed dreaming about Dr. Destiny's dream. But yeah, you mm-hmm. get some really really cool uh character points where they're 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 not a superhero it's really not a justice league story where the team comes together and battles the bad guy they don't come together like you said until the end of the thing so you get some really good character points um not just as their superhero
1: identities but also as their alter eagles mm-hmm. so yeah absolutely yeah and i love uh the Flash's dream, in particular, where he uh, slips on a trick banana peel from the trickster. That's that's my favorite one.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he actually he slips on that banana peel and heads directly off into space. And the captain's like, "I'm heading off into space. It's impossible. It's utterly impossible." And you see him like a comet just going completely <laughs> off into space. But it's very very fun. I don't know which. I'm trying. to, I'm going through this again. Which character actually realizes it's actually a dream, but I think they all kind of like realize it at the same time?
1: I think it's uh, Ollie, uh, Green Arrow. He figures it out first,
0: <laughs> which is which is different because you would think somebody like Batman would figure it out first, but uh, that's not actually the case. Dick Dillon has a unique way of characterizing the characters. You know if you read the uh, the Bronze Age during this time, you know Wonder Woman Flash, Superman, Batman, hell, all distinct styles that were unique. But Dick Dillon also had a very unique style of portraying them. And I like the way he he did the various characters. I wish he did more stuff outside of the Justice League than he did. He also has some great supporting characters in here. You had um, Lex Luthor, who was in the Dream sequence. You had Morgan Edge in there. Trickster appeared in the Dream sequence. And some of the supporting characters, like Iris Allen, who was um the uh, Flash's wife at the time. Jean mm-hmm. Loring, who was a very... Cool character before they did strange things with their own identity crisis. Uh, shortly after this, uh, he gets married. Uh, Adam gets married to Jean Loring, which is mm-hmm. something that had happened over a course of time. This also during the time when Jean Loring was floating around the Justice Mythos, Justice League Mythos, where she had had a nervous breakdown, and Adam was going across time to try to find her and get married to her, which was in mm-hmm. a few issues later. So cool. be- before we wrap this up, Billy talking about justice league one fifty four, is there anything else you want to comment
1: on? No, I just love the, that basically the Adam is the one that saves the day the littlest uh, member there. I do like that of all the other powerful characters there. He kind of saves the day here at the very end. <laughs> so I and like that.
0: It's a really unique done in one. You don't need to read anything mm-hmm. else. If you've never read the justice league or not familiar with the characters, You just need to read this whole issue and you can totally get everybody that's in there. You know, even if you don't read the Adam, who's not around very much anymore, uh, Mm -hmm. you can totally get, understand the motivation and it gets into some, like we said, character development and some really cool stuff. All Mm -hmm. right, Billy, I think we are done talking about justice league One Fifty Four. This is a great issue to talk about. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm sorry. I'll have show notes about your podcast for people to pick you up. Thanks for joining
1: me. I hope to have you here again. Well, thanks for having me on, Ron. It was a blast. Awesome.
0: Well, that's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you, a fantastic comic fan at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you next time.